On this episode of the FCPS show, we'll be looking back at Pinskow's first game in the Stiegel Landers Cup in 2021, as well as match day five in the Salzburg Regional League. Welcome to the FCPS show, the podcast all about Austria's fan-owned football club, FC Pinskau Saalfelden. Thanks for joining us here on the FCPS show. It's been a good time, hasn't it, Lee, since uh, the last recording of this podcast because we've had two games and we've got two wins to discuss here on the show. My name's Tom Midler. I'm joined by Lee Wingate to talk about all the Pinskau action. And uh, oh, it feels so good to be here after two wins in a row, doesn't it? Yeah, not just two wins, a barrage of goals. First of all, the the five nil victory over Bad Hofgastein, and then a yeah three two over Esaka just this weekend. Both very enjoyable games in their own right, um, and yeah, especially I think that the one at the weekend, just because that was not a red card. I'm just going to put it straight out there. That was <laughs> not a red card. So to justice was served, basically. Yes, we'll talk about the details of the games later. But uh, as you said there, a barrage of goals, you know, eight goals to two in the last uh, games since we recorded the podcast. So oh, it just feels so nice. It's so refreshing to sit down and just, you know, just have good things to talk about. So maybe we can pick out some negatives as well in there. I'm sure we can. We've got questions from uh, fan owners on Twitter as well. So people have written in online. So we're looking forward to delving into some of those. And uh, we had news of a great competition. Why don't I kick things off with that? Because at halftime, of the game on the weekend against SIK, we concluded our brilliant collaboration with Football Kitbox. So massive shout out to the people over at Football Kitbox. Brilliant kitbox organization. If you don't know what a kitbox is by now, you can order um, yeah, football kits around the world, specialist kits, retro kits, new kits, uh, Champions League stuff, all the way down to non-league. And you can either sort of take your pick, you can sort of suggest what kind of thing you might like, and they'll surprise you with something really, really nice. Uh, you can always switch it if it doesn't work out very well for you. But uh, yeah, you can order kits or you can just let them surprise you, which is quite fun. And so a lot of people across Europe had a lovely surprise of getting an FC Pinskow shirt through the door. Um, quite a lot of people from a lot of different countries were, were in this draw. So everyone who's got a Pinskow shirt is not only invited in the future to to come and see our games of course and to, to watch the games online but one lucky winner who was drawn out would be uh, would be given flights and accommodation over to come and see a Pinscow game so what an amazing prize that is courtesy of football kitbox follow them over at football kitbox on instagram or twitter um and matthew mcguire was our lucky winner i was i was all nervous doing the draw halftime live on the microphone and on video um i knew i couldn't get anything wrong or you know if i dropped the little piece of paper or whatever that was in the pinscow hat it would have been a nightmare but um it worked in the end and and matthew mcguire is the lucky winner so we look forward to welcoming him over here in in austria soon or, or sometime whenever it can work out yeah it's a great prize that isn't it as well because especially in this 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 recent era of of very little travel, I think it adds an an extra layer of excitement to, to to an international trip and and to watch a football match as well. So, yeah, congratulations to him and yeah, he's just got to choose which one now. And uh, there are some big games coming up as well. Yeah, definitely. We'll look at the fixture list a little bit later on in the podcast. It's nice to think that perhaps we've got some new listeners today as well from the Football Kitbox Empire. I know there's a lot of people who are interested 
the, the kit box with Pinscale shirt, with the Pinscale shirt in, came with a really cool little insert, actually, that sort of described the, the story of the club and, and, and what we're trying to do at FC Pinscale. So I thought that was really nice. I like the image of, of people waking up. I think there were people in Estonia, in Portugal, in the UK, all sorts of people who went into the draw. And uh, yeah, they're waking up and getting a nice box through the door with a Pinscale shirt and the, the story about the club. So I'm sure we've gained some new followers since then. Hopefully, Football Kit Box have as well. And uh, yeah, if you are joining us for the first time since uh, becoming a Football Kit Box member, then we are delighted to have you on board. We'll take a little break just now. And then what we'll do is come back and talk about our game in the Stiegel Landers Cup because it's been so long since we played a cup game. The Stiegel Landers Cup. Oh, it feels like a lifetime since we last played a, a knockout game, a game with the potential of, uh, you know, glory or, or abject failure just riding on it <laughs> over the course of 90 minutes. Thankfully, we were much closer to the glory side than the abject failure. Um, it looked like a, a lovely setting in, in Bad Hofkastein, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's a lovely area of the country. We know that already, but um, just a shame that, you know, th there wasn't a stream in place for that one. Of course, I'm sure there are many fans that would have like to tune in for not only the scenic setting, but a thumping win as well. Five goals and five goals, which almost entirely four and a half of which were from outside the box. And I say four and a half of which because Seb Handleschner's final goal, uh, he just just crossed the line, I think, at the point of shooting. But yeah, they were all long range efforts and there were some some worldies in there, too. Yeah, some brilliant goals. Um, I think Handleschner's for five nil was actually my favourite. But if you can talk us through some of the rest, that would be great. Well, I mean, I, I've got to give a, a mention to Lucas Moosman's goal, which was the third one. A slightly fortuitous deflection off the head of a defender, but it was a really well-struck shot that, that went straight into the top corner. You had Jonas Schweikhofer scoring. You know, he scored a, in the SRK game as well with his left foot. In this game, he scored a nice goal with his right foot. Um, there was just, a, you know, a, a lot of really good, a re lot of really good finishing in there. And yeah, great to see because I think last season from doing these pods, I seem to remember quite a lot of conversations where goal scoring was our problem. Um, so to score eight goals in two games, happy with that. Yes. Thomas Tandari's chip. How about that? Absolutely audacious, breaking away, taking it around the defender and then seeing the goalkeeper a little bit off his line and just dinking it in. That was a goal of real quality. So it was a great watch. You can see the highlights. Yeah, unfortunately, there was no stream given the um, yeah the opponents. You know, Bad Hofgerstein are not in the Salzburg Regional League. They're they're in the lower leagues, and the the pitch looked very like this beautiful rustic setting. And I really enjoyed the, the photos. So we got loads of great photos because you know everyone was just sitting on the benches on the sidelines. You know, there was no there were no big stands or or fancy dugouts or anything. Everyone was just sort of sheltering under these trees from the evening sunshine, <laughs> sitting by the side of the pitch. It was idyllic. Yeah, perhaps to explain why the setting was the way it was to our listeners, uh, Bad Hofgesteiner in the Erste Landesliga, uh, which is the fifth tier of Austrian football, so two tiers below us. So, yeah, different infrastructure, um, I'd say, yeah, different infrastructure circumstances and, uh, yeah, a different stadium there, but, but a nice setting nonetheless. Yeah, it seemed like quite a lot of fans out in attendance to, to enjoy the game as well. But I think... As you've said, you know, a couple of leagues below, we're going into the game against Bad Hofkastein. Suddenly you lose and you're out already. And, and we didn't play in the in the National Cup the last couple of seasons. We won't play in the, the National Cup this year either. Um, we're a bit sore about that because we do feel like we earned a place in that competition from, uh, from the 1920 season. And then we're sort of denied it for the next season. And then 
they've carried on using the same rankings from before for this season as well. So it's, yeah, a little bit disappointing that um, nobody's been given the, the sort of chance. Only a couple of teams from our league can play in the in the sort of full Austrian Cup uh, early rounds. But the Stiegel Landers Cup is something different, but it's a really nice opportunity to actually play games. I know uh, David Ratke became our record uh, appearance maker in the cup. And, you know, he was talking about just just really enjoying it. It's a different atmosphere. It's a different vibe. It's, you know, it's, it's a different pressure in a cup game. And I think when you go away to play against a side two leagues below, there's a, there is a different kind of pressure to handle. You know, it's like it's an away game and Pinskow are suddenly the favourites. We're used to being pretty much level in terms of who's the favourite in, in almost every league game. I feel like it. anyone can win. Nobody's ever a heavy favourite in the league, really. Um, but then in this one, suddenly you are the heavy favourites. And it was just good to see that the team dealt with it well, I thought. I thought it was nice to see us sort of come out of the blocks flying. Yes, and in our next game, which I believe is on the 22nd of September, now in the fourth round, we are away to Esval Schwarzach. They are also in the Erster Landesliga as well. So the same uh, tier as our last opponent, but but considerably higher up. They are in third place at the moment, three wins from three. So a team on form, it seems. Oh, yeah, looking forward to that. But quite a long time until the game. Great to be in the next round. Just just super fun. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a bit sad that we're away. I think a cup game at the Saalfelden Arena would be a, a really cool spectacle. And I hope that we get far enough that we can at least play some home games and, and sort of give the home fans something to enjoy. Because I love that. You know, yes, it was 5-0. Actually, the game was sort of sewn up with all, the, all of these brilliant goals, you know, one after another. You're like, oh, yeah, come on. This is great. Um, so I'm glad that you can go on our, our Twitter page or our Facebook page and, and scroll down a little bit. Uh, go back a few days, you'll find the highlights for the goals. Definitely worth a watch if you haven't. But um, yeah, as a contest, it wasn't super exciting. But then if you imagine the game on the weekend, if you imagine that as a cup game, you know, back and forth, goals for both sides, really close until the end, that as a cup game would have would be even more intense drama. So yeah, it's it was a good way to get back into the Stiegel Landers Cup, no doubt about that. Yeah, absolutely. But perhaps... With the mention there of that 3-2 victory over Esaka, we should now delve into into that because that was a bit of an up and down game. I don't think it was clear all the way through, especially after the, the aforementioned red card. So I reckon let's get stuck into the action and you can start by telling us what it was like to finally be back in the commentary booth for the <laughs> first time in about 10 months for FC Pinsgau. Yes, and I think the last commentating that I did for Pinsgau, unfortunately the last game we were able to before the break was like, uh, I, th- I think it was the defeat against Austria Salzburg. So a great game, really brilliant atmosphere, but we ended up, you know, with a bitter defeat. And then I think, um, I think Will was covering the game where we beat Vals Grinal 3-2. So, or Sankt Johan, did we beat Sankt Johan? One of the green teams, Sankt Johan, wasn't it? We beat 3-2. Um, one of the green teams. Yeah, one yeah. of the teams that play in green, you know. Um, so I missed that. I was gutted about that. I missed Lucas Schubert's injury time winner in that in that three two game. So I'm glad I've at least got a three two of my own. But it was really nice. You know, I've been I've been very sad. I, I know the fan owners have missed it as well. But you know, having a stream with commentary, it felt like yes, the season is back. Pinscow's back. So I I was really happy to be back in the commentary booth. To be honest, and um, I was a little bit nervous because the new camera setup for this year uh, is a little bit more distant. So you get a great view of everything, and it it looks beautiful. But uh, for me, what is it with the numbers? You know, like Pinscow's numbers are easy. It's okay. But when you're over at the far side, it's really hard to tell who's who. So I have to go on like running style and haircut basically. But then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but um, 
SRK, SRK have like the most thin typeface. They've got like a thin double stripe typeface on their numbers. And with the sponsors on the back, nobody has names. You just have sponsors and this really thin number. It's literally impossible. I couldn't see a number all night for for Essica. So I had to I had to guess on a lot of occasions. I think happily I got it I got it right. I was I mostly played it safe when it came to the names. But you have uh, Stefan Federer who's got like a man bun. So suddenly that becomes very <laughs> uh, you know that becomes recognizable. You look out for the man bun. Uh, you had Danny Reichel, obviously ex former uh, ex FCPS player. So I was looking at, I kn- I know what Danny Reichel looks like and uh, yeah a, a couple of players that I remembered from last season as well. But yeah that that was a challenge shall we say. Um, and while we're on the subject, I'm going to go over to one of our questions from Twitter because Eric Krajewski asked about uh, the new streaming service. Does the camera operate with ball tracking software? No actual person. And the zooming and graphics, are they done at a centralized HQ? And then uh, Kaolan of Halo, a uh, big Halo fan, I would, I would assume there. Um, actually, he was in the draw. He was in the draw for the, <laughs> for the, for the trip to, to South Eldon. Sorry he didn't win that. But um, yeah, he said, I'd love to hear what your streaming setup is. I was impressed with it at the weekend. If your team needs any production help too, he's an expert in video asset production. Brilliant. So uh, thanks very much for the offer of help. We may be getting in touch. But um, what actually is done this season is different. You know, if you saw our games last season, we had, we had uh, you know, like one, we had a one camera setup, but with, with a kind of full-on TV production camera. This year, it's different because we were the only team in the league doing that. Now the whole league have got these cameras and... The view for me on the in the commentary box is not exactly the same as what you get on the stream. It looks like uh, it looks like you've got VR goggles or something on because it's really wide. They've got two cameras aimed, one at each side of the pitch, and then the, you're right. Eric is right to say that the the ball tracking is automatic. That just just happens. So on the stream, the ball tracking is, is done for you. But me in the commentary box, I've got actual free reign. I can sort of click and drag um, to to sort of keep up with the action differently and and sort of choose what I want to look at. Um, I've got to be quick because obviously if you're looking at something else and the ball's gone, you <laughs> you don't get replays on this system. So it's pretty, pretty difficult. Um, and I, you can zoom in. Theoretically, you can zoom in, but the quality is not really good enough to, to sort of zoom and with no replays. You know, I, I couldn't zoom in, for example, on, on Ajay's red card, which we'll talk about in a bit. I couldn't zoom in to check it out. But what you can do at fan.at, where the games are available, what you can do there is... Um, that they sort of add the highlights as they happen. They've got this auto-generated highlight cutter. So when a, when a big save happens, when a goal happens, something like that, I don't know how it works, but the system knows when a big chance has happened and they'll sort of automatically upload a minute of that underneath the live feed. So actually, it's really nice. You can go back to Fan 80 now. You can watch back the whole game, the full stream uh, with commentary, or you can just watch the clips of the big moments of the games. So actually, that's it's, it's quite a nice way to sort of pick through the action. So I'm, I'm glad that's there. Um, but when it comes to assets, that's all managed by the Fan AT system. I have a few uh, a few little issues with them. I have to say, like I noticed that we went three one up um, when we actually went two one up, and then that was sort of changed quickly. And the timer, the timer sort of ran off the clock at some point. So yeah, there's a few things that I would like to fix, but we'll we'll work on it in in collaboration with the league streaming services. Yeah, I mean, bearing in mind that it's the first year that this system has been in place, it's obviously going to take a little bit of fine tuning. But it is nice to see. I think that there were some fans of other Salzburg Regionalliga clubs last season, such as uh, I think there was one Bischofshofen fan in the US that that was delighted that when they played against FC Pinsgau, he was able to watch his team, who obviously he'd never usually be able to watch. Now it seems like the whole league is kind of following suit, or most of the league at least. 
And I think that's really good to, to give a bit of a platform to, to lower level football in Austria. Yes, definitely seconding that. So looking to specifics of the game against SRK, we went into the game with an incredibly similar record to SRK. They've played one fewer game than us, but they were one position behind us in the table. They'd won one, drawn one, lost one. We had uh, done something similar. I think we'd won one, drawn two, lost one. So to all intents and purposes, we're very similar. We've both uh, beaten Grudig going into the game, uh, both lost our season opener, both got a draw against Vals Grunau. Um, but I think if you're being realistic, knowing that we've got two draws away going into the game, this one was kind of a must win, I think. I mean, of course, it's not a must win at this stage of the season. But if, you know, yeah, if the side were going to look, sort of keep up the start to the season and make it a sort of positive start to the season, I really thought we we, we did have to win that because SRKA were not in a it's not like they were top or second or whatever. And you can just say, Hey, they're really, really good. They're on a very similar run to us and we were at home for a change. And so to sort of back up two draws in the league away and then back up a good win in the cup, I thought we really needed to win the game. Yeah, I think, I think that's a fair statement. And, you know, what was really nice for me to see is that in the past two games, those two away games that you mentioned, there was a very, very slow start. Christian Zigo was was aware of that. He said, you know, we need to be starting games faster and, and better. And this one, I thought from the off, Pinsgal were the better team. You know, in the, in the opening 10 or 20 minutes, we were very much on the front foot, the vast majority of the chances. And, and yeah, led to some some early goals as well. Yeah, really nice to see. I mean, SRKA actually came came out of the blocks themselves and they, they got the ball in the net for the first time. Although, yeah, I haven't really seen it back. It's like, yeah, you can't criticise the team too much. If somebody scores with a great through ball, but then is offside, you know, of course it's easier to do great through balls if your opponent, you know, if you're, uh, if you're aimed, you know, the intended pass is to somebody who's already behind the defence, then of course it's much easier. So I'll give us a free pass on that one for now. But but I was thinking, oh, here we go again, another slow start. We're going to be one nil down before we know it. But uh, we were not. We were not. Uh, Felix Ajay, so often the creator this season, absolutely bursting forward. He just picked the ball up at left back, just decided, I don't know why, there was no space in front of him. There were about four yellow shirts. And he's just like, no, nah, I'm just going to run through. So, so he sort of rode a couple of challenges, took it around a few players with a turn of pace. And then Got a little bit of uh, Balgluck, I guess they would call it, with a, a couple of bounces that, that fell his way as he got towards the edge of the area. And then just fired off a really nice shot. Keeper parried it. Wasn't the greatest bit of goalkeeping in the world. Spilled it, but really happy to see that Tamas Tandari was the one, the only one chasing that in to, to smash home the opener after just a few minutes. Brilliant goal. Yeah, due to some defensive absences recently, he's he's featured at centre-back, but nice to see him back in his his favoured centre-forward role. And uh, yeah, emphatically smashed that one home. And I think he'd already done this um, in the the Stiegel Landers Cup, which we talked about before, but he's now scored in, in 12 successive seasons for FC Pinsgau, which is, you know, quite a special record, I think. Absolutely ridiculous. It's like over 300 appearances and, and over like, or nearly 200 goals for FC Pinsgau. Uh, you know, I think if you include friendlies and everything else, it's like the, the figures are, are different again, but it, it's incredible. You know, what a striker. And at 1-0, I was very satisfied with our start. I'm sure everyone was watching on the stream, but then at some point it got a little bit agonizing because we had some very good chances. I thought Sakar absolutely could not live with the Pinscow press. And and I haven't seen us press like that with that intensity. That's clearly come from Ziga. Like you said, you know, he said that we needed to start quicker. Um, and then suddenly in this game, 
we were winning the ball in the final third. I think we did it like four or five times in the first half and, and created a dangerous situation each time. And I was I was aghast to say, <laughs> to put it strongly, that we didn't go 2-0 up, to be honest. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I think that the goal that came for Essakar really was, it was against the run of play. I think if there's ever a goal that was against the run of play, it was that one. Um, and it it was a little bit disappointing to to see somebody given that much space from a set piece when we'd begun so brightly. Uh, fortunately, though, we we hit back pretty quickly. So you know that's that that's the main thing to take away from it. I think that was key in the game, wasn't it? And and people didn't let their heads drop either. Either you know Tandari um, on one of those high presses, the ball came through to Tandari perfectly. I think Joao Pedro played him in really nicely, and then. He just lifted it over the target. It was like essentially just a one-on-one. He took the early shot and, and it just has to go in. Um, I think Ocampo Chavez missed a good chance. He actually, he had an overhead kick as well, which was very, very impressive. It wasn't that far wide. So, you know, 10 out of 10 for effort there. Um, Joao Pedro missed a good chance, I think, too. There were there were some guilt-edged chances for sure. We should have been 2-0 up. And then corners. I'm going to throw this over to, to one of the questions as well, because one of the questions on on twitter is about you know what the team can do to improve and it was it was from scott bauer there's a couple of couple of strands to this question what do you think we can do to become more solid in our defense and what changes does the team need to make going into this stretch of games so that we can get off to a better start in the first 45 i think before this podcast we we've always complained about getting off to a better start but from these two games i think maybe you've got your evidence you know this this is just high tempo this pressing you know what was it what was it that you think that um that really made the difference for us in terms of that first 45 and why we look so good. And, and you know, what, what can we do to become more solid in defence? Because for me, learning how to defend corners better would be <laughs> number one. I know it's not that easy, but we really struggle from those. Well, it certainly would, but we also have struggled, I found, in the, in the early games of the season from players turning in half spaces and playing through balls in behind our defence, especially in the opening game. And I think that that didn't happen so much against Esaka. And I think the reason for that is because we were pressing and defending from the front. If you defend from the front with that level of intensity, there are fewer balls that get through the midfield and therefore fewer opportunities for the opposition to turn and play those through balls. So I think defending is a collective effort. And I, I think the game against Esaka showed that, you know, if you defend as a unit and you defend from the front with that intensity, of course, it's tough to keep that intensity up. If you can do it, then I, I think that that's a pretty damn good start. Yeah, and I think that goes twofold, really, doesn't it? When you've got a three-man defence or um, a defence where you don't have any substitutes, for example, any cover, um, the the collective thing, the the do your defending higher up the pitch is is certainly important. And you know, the defenders certainly earned their money by the time it came to the to the end of the game, because as you said earlier, you know, we got pegged back against the run of play from a corner kick, uh, disappointing for me um but you know nice finish as well from from Mika the ex uh, Grudig player and within about 5 minutes you know nobody wallowed nobody got their heads down within about 5 minutes we were back in front so i think that that made a massive difference in the game to sort of not be stuck at one all again and think oh how do we end up here but suddenly take the lead again and and be back to where you know where where we deserved to be and once again it was Tamas Tandari with the goal yeah but with a through ball of our own Jao Pedro threading the uh, the eye of the needle there and uh, yeah Tamash Tandari he picked his spot he took quite a lot of time uh, so the goalkeeper had kind of semi-committed and then and then put it the other way but yeah it was very very much uh, deserved to go in with a 2-1 lead at the break absolutely 
And then coming back out for the second half, I thought we continued where we left off, really. I was, I was hoping for it, hoping for more of the same. And uh, we had a few good chances. We looked good pushing forward. A little bit disappointing from set pieces, I thought, in the second half. We sort of wasted a few deliveries into the box. But then um, Joao Pedro went on a really nice run, sort of pushed the ball forward, uh, stepped to the side, ran around the defence to get it. And then, uh, yeah, I think somebody stepped out of the way because of offside, but the, the communication was good. There was, a, there was a miscommunication earlier on between Tandari and, and Schweikhofer. And then this time there was a, a very good bit of communication and, and Joao Pedro was uh, running onto the ball in a good position and instead cut inside off the ball, left it for teammate uh, Schweikhofer. And Schweikhofer, well, he, he did the rest for himself, didn't he? Yeah, and cut in very nicely from the right, just made himself that the extra little bit of space to shoot. But then what I liked is, you know, he was just so comfortable shooting on clearly his his wrong foot, so to speak. You know, he's he's not a naturally left-footed player, although I'd say he's he's more two-footed than your average. But but still, cuts in from the corner of the box, unleashes this kind of low shot, which I think just the pace of it, it didn't swerve, but it was just the pace of it that, that beat the goalkeeper. And at that point, at that point on the hour mark, 3-1 up, it was all looking, or short, just shy of the hour mark, it was looking very, very comfortable. It was. I think I said on the commentary, the old commentator's curse. I was like, this is the first time since the game against Gruedig that we'd led by two. Um, I think we, we certainly deserved to lead by two at that point. It could easily have been 3-0. Uh, great to see Schweikhofer actually again taking on players and, and this time beating them, getting the shot away. It's, 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 these are all things that we've said, you know, oh, if only that happened a bit more often, it'd be great. So yeah, I was really happy, you know, living living the dream at that point, thinking maybe, maybe it's going to be a comfortable afternoon. Narrator, it was not a comfortable afternoon because uh, Esekar put one good ball in down the left. As so often happens, we we don't concede much in terms of chances or or, or yeah, sort of pressure from the opposition but it doesn't seem to take much to get goals against us, unfortunately. And, and it happened again, you know, a bit of bad luck on Pinskow's side, break down the left for Esakar, ball into the box. There was a player coming in to sort of take a, take a strike at it. And the shot whacked against uh, Felix Ajay and referee Alf Schneider went for the, the absolute harshest possible reading of the situation. You know, it was, it was absolutely 10 out of 10 on the scale of what you can do for this. And it was a penalty and a red card. And then suddenly, you know, Penalties converted, of course, and then it's 3-2 with about 35 minutes or 30 minutes, yeah, plus added time, I suppose, left to play. And I thought, oh, we're in for a long afternoon now. Yeah, I did think that. Let's just look into that penalty decision a little bit more because for me, it was a penalty just because of how far away from his body that his arms were you know I think one of our fan owners said did it hit him in the face to me I've looked at those replays it did look like it hit him on the hand but then I thought that you know across the board uh, we'd eliminated this double jeopardy thing where you you send somebody off and you know you you give a direct goal scoring opportunity as well uh, unless it's like you know somebody's cleaned through and they're hacked down you know mercilessly then I could understand the red card uh, along with the penalty. But in this situation, there were two defenders and a goalkeeper between the striker um, and the goal. So to me, there was there was, that was not a clear goal-scoring opportunity at all. So I thought it was an immensely harsh decision to give a red rather than a yellow. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's literally a rule change in football from about 18 months ago that you try and avoid these situations because it's such a sucker punch for a team to basically be gifted a goal and now have, have an extra man. You know, it really, really hurts the team. And 
yeah, I thought, oh, it's just typical, isn't it? That typical that we've been punished like that. But yeah, I mean, we've got a question about it online. You know, uh, Logan Chug asked, any chance that FCPS can appeal the red in most leagues? You can't get a red and a penalty in the same instance. So yes, <laughs> we agree. Very harsh to get to get both. Um, Christian Herzog actually wrote back to that. So uh, founder of the club, Christian Herzog wrote back, FC Pinscout will present its opinion at the beating of the Salzburg Football Association this Wednesday. And after that, the suspension of the player will be decided. So you know, you have to keep your fingers crossed that at least a suspension will be overturned there. Because bear in mind, this this ball was like smashed at him from a couple of yards away. He sort of, it did, I, I think, it, I, I agree with you, Lee. I think it did hit him on the hand. I thought straight away it was going to be a penalty. And I sort of, my heart sunk. I knew it was going to be a red as well. And it was, even though it, it shouldn't be. So hopefully they will see sense in the league and uh, and sort of downgrade that to a yellow card. And Ajay will be able to to carry on because we would miss him dearly in our next game. No doubt about it. Yeah, not just as a defensive force, but as a creative one as well. You know, he's always getting into to sorts of positions like the one that led to the first goal. His set-piece deliveries are brilliant as well, as we saw in the the Stiga Landers Cup, where he, he scored directly from a free kick. And it was just one of those that he put into the danger zone. And, and you know, the keeper thought somebody was going to divert it in the other direction, and it ended up going into the corner. So a lot of good and positive aspects to his play. Um, hopefully that does get turned around because we are playing against Bischofsoffen on Friday the 20th of August. So we could very much do with him in our ranks. Yeah, definitely. What I will say, though, is for the remainder of the game, I was very impressed by the fact that we didn't really give up too much to SRK. They they had some chances from free kicks and things. Kilian Schroker, the goalkeeper, made one really good save down to his left, um, pushing the ball around the post. Another couple of times where he had to be alert to come out and burst out of the area and make some clearances. But it wasn't as I expected. We 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 weren't under the cosh. It felt like a long thirty minutes, of course, but we weren't. Um, yeah, we were not like pressed and and pushed, and we didn't ride our luck to to end up winning three two. I don't think. No, I think you're right there. Um, I think I also think this was a game that we probably would have drawn last season. Um, so that definitely feels like a step forward in the sense that it was actually, as you say, relatively relatively being the operative word, relatively comfortable in the end. And we managed to get yeah to get over the line, which I think is a very good sign. And it shows how tight the league table is at the moment, because having been so close before kickoff, SRK now down in ninth and, and we are up in third, only one point off the top after Austria Salzburg's shock loss to Anif. So things are looking pretty rosy right now. Yeah, it's a, a very tight table, isn't it? Some teams have played five, some teams have played four. But, you know, I just feel like we backed everything up with that. The win against Gruedig, two away draws, the win in the cup. We needed to back it up with a good home win. And, I, I, you know, if you look at the table now as well, we can still say we've only beaten the teams who are who are down at the bottom. So I do think we need we, we still need a few statement wins this season against teams who are maybe up in the top two to sort of, yeah, to solidify the, the good things that we're doing. But oh, three points does make the uh, the table look a whole lot better at this early stage, doesn't it? It's nice It's nice when you're still at that point where everyone's so close that one win can sort of rocket you up the table so much. Yeah, and I mean, the win, or the, the defeat rather, came on the opening day. So we're now unbeaten in four league games, five in all competitions, and yeah, eight points out of uh, a possible 12 during that time. So, you know, let's, let's see the positives here. Uh, I did not think... Uh, after that opening day defeat that we would have only suffered that defeat by match day, the end of match day five. So uh, that's definitely progress. What have we got coming up then? So it's a busy August, isn't it? There's a lot of fixtures uh, on the cards in front of us. 
So, uh, so what, what are the big ones to look out for in the next few days and weeks? But before I dive into that, just a quick mention of uh, the Stiegel Sommerfest, which took place at the Southfield Arena uh, directly after that game against SRK. Basically a big party with uh, our sponsors Stiegel providing some of their very tasty beer. And there was also a beer tapping by the mayor of Saarfeld and Eric Rohrmorzer. So thank you to him for attending the Southfield Arena. It was a really nice event and it would have been a lot, lot more difficult to, to celebrate that that event if we had not got the win. So. Yes. Thankfully, they went hand in hand. Perfect for the summer party. I, I uh, enjoyed a couple of Stiegels in the evening as well to sort of spiritually, but you know, be there in spirit for the party because it looked great. I'm going to put some pictures of that on the, on social media today as well for FCPS because it it looked wicked. Uh, it was really really fun event, and uh, I'm I'm sad we couldn't be there this time. Absolutely, but but there are, as you say, uh, as you said a minute ago, there are some some big games coming up for us. Uh, as I mentioned uh, a minute ago, the next big one is is Bischofshofen on Friday, and they are below us in the table with with two wins and three defeats. Um, they have con- scored quite a lot of goals, but they have quite a leaky defence. So uh, let's hope that we can take advantage of that, and that the fan owners will get to see a high scoring game. And then after that, that's when some of the challenges start to come. Twenty fourth of August, Sikirshen, who were doing very well last season, and are. A point, a point and a place below us in the league with a game in hand. So that would be a big one. Um, and then we've got, you know, Kukel, Austria, Salzburg, Sankt Tuhan, all those teams towards the top of the league coming pretty much in the, the first 10 days of September. So some, some mouthwatering action to look forward to. Yeah, so many games to come up. Um, well, we look forward to covering those on future episodes of the FCPS show. We hope you've enjoyed this one for now. The, the positivity of two wins has, has rubbed off on us. We can all go away, uh, go about our days in, in pure footballing happiness. Uh, it was a good birthday weekend for you, wasn't it, Lee? All your teams won. Yeah, all, all four of them. First time ever that they've all won on the same day as well. So I work for Dortmund and Hoffenheim. They both won in the in the German Bundesliga, Manchester United in, in England. And and most importantly, I will say FC Pinsgau getting that win for me in the evening. So great, great stuff. Yes. On that note, we'll sign off for this episode of the FCPS show and we'll look forward to being back with you very soon. This has been the FCPS show. It's recorded, produced and edited in Vienna, Austria for FC Pinskau Saalfelden. And if you're interested to find out more about Europe's unique fan-owned club model, then why don't you head on over to wefunder.com forward slash fan.owned.club and find out everything that you need to know about this incredible opportunity to become a part owner of a European soccer club.